Hi everyone, welcome back to Divorce, What I Wish My Parents Knew. Today I am virtually seated with the wonderful Christina McGee. Christina is internationally recognized as a divorce parenting expert. She's also a speaker. She's also the author of Parenting Apart, How Separated and Divorced Parents Can Raise Happy and Secure Kids. Um, she's a certified divorce coach. She teaches trainings such as her co-parenting specialist program. And she's also the education and training director of the film Split, which we will talk about in this podcast. Um, Split is a nonprofit organization that has produced two different films. There's Split, the early years, and then Split Up, the teen years. These two films are incredible. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about them. I also got to see the teen version, which was awesome. And it's just an honor to be seated virtually along Zoom with uh, Christina. So th Christina, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thanks for having me, Grace. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, Christina, you've been in this business for over 25 years. So you have seen a lot of different ways that divorce has impacted kids. Could you just give me a little summary about the <laughs> the various ways that you have seen divorce impact the kids and why you do what you do? Well, I I would say that, you know, divorce is a huge change in a family, especially mm -hmm. for kids. And I think as the hope is um, that parents kind of hang their hat on is that, you know, once it happens, it'll be hard, right? But over time, kids are going to adjust, they're going to move on, it'll get easier, it'll just be kind of something, a distant memory, right? Yeah. And the truth is, is that divorce isn't an experience that happens in children's lives. It's an experience that becomes a part of children's lives for mm -hmm. the rest of their lives, right? It's good. I, I often, you know, describe it to parents as kind of a thread, right? That gets woven into the fabric of their mm -hmm. kids' lives and how big of a part it plays in their children's future moving forward has a lot to do on the choices we're making as parents. Like how are we managing the process? How are we framing this change for our kids? Mm -hmm. um, because it will impact their children in a number of different ways, many of which we don't necessarily realize in the early days, but right. you will always be the only parent your kids will ever have. And so how you manage that really sets the stage for them moving forward. Absolutely. And Christina, if I'm right, you are a child of divorce, correct? I am. I am. Okay. My parents divorced when I was a teenager. Okay. So you have that experience of just being a child of divorce. And then also you have become a bonus mom. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I've awesome. been a bonus mom for 28 years. That is wonderful. For those of you who are listening and are thinking to yourselves, bonus mom, what does that even mean? Uh, Christina has this beautiful way of really being careful about the way that she uh, uses language and words to describe divorce in situations that have blended families. So uh, bonus mom is also known as stepmom to other people. But I love bonus mom. I think bonus mom is is such a better word. What what made you think to go with bonus mom? Well, actually, in the early part of my career, kind of where my journey started, 
in the world uh-huh. of divorce was I was a parent educator. So in my jurisdiction, when parents made an application to get divorced, they had to attend a four hour mandatory parenting course. And I was one of the educators who taught that course. And mm-hmm. um, during one of my classes, there was a woman from another country. And I, I wish I could remember what country it was, but she said, oh, you know, in my country, we have a different word for referring to those relationships. We use the word bonus. That's what it translated into. And I was like, oh, I love that. Right. Because step language just never felt comfortable to me. I mean, when we think about the word stepmother and how stepmoms or step parents have been portrayed like mm-hmm. in Disney movies and in society, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's not great. Right. And yeah. so um, the thing I liked about bonus is a bonus is like something extra, right. On top mm-hmm. of that, you weren't expecting an unexpected advantage. And that's the yeah. way that I felt about my relationship with my bonus kids. And so when I found out about it, I came home and we talked about it and we decided we liked bonus language way better than step yeah. language. And we just moved forward with it. Absolutely. That is wonderful. When Christina first told me about the idea of being careful about what language and words that we select when speaking about divorce, it made me think of Brene Brown and her book, Atlas of the Heart, which is a wonderful book if you haven't read it. But um, she says within that book, language is the greatest tool for meaningful connection and having access to the right words changes everything. And I totally agree with that. And she has built this book where there are over 80 words to describe emotion. And you'd think that there's just, well, I'm happy, I'm sad, and I'm mad. But she has looked and researched to to find multiple words to describe how we're feeling. And so I think we can do the same with situations like divorce and say, okay, why are we just accepting things like stepmom, stepdad, or like you said in our last call, dad's house, mom's house? Why don't we go back to the drawing board and really think about, okay, What language could we add to our vocab of when we talk about divorce and when we talk about it with our kids to make them feel like it's less, I don't know, less daunting. And so what are some of the words, Christina, that you have added into your kind of vocab um, packet when you're when you're thinking about talking about divorce? Well, you know, I I love that quote from Brene Brown, and I do believe like language is so incredibly powerful because it shapes, right? How we think about things and Mm -hmm. uh, what we think shapes some of those feelings and attitudes we have about it. Um, And so I think, you know, for example, just talking about divorce as a change in a family is -hmm. a big shift, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the end of a family. It's a change Mm -hmm. in a family. Divorce ends a marriage, but the family needs to continue in a different way. And that's a really big shift for parents because especially in the beginning stages, you know, thinking about being a family, maintaining a connection with that person um, that was once your partner is like the last thing on many parents' minds, right? But it's important to remember that, you know, parents and children are often moving in very different directions, right? Mm. So for parents, they're thinking about how can we move, go from being a we to a me, right? Mm. And, and move off into their independent lives and establishing a new future where kids are really looking to move in and kind of stay connected yeah. and anchored in family, which is so important. And so the words that we use, right, are, are really, really powerful. And mm. there's a lot of like 
court-based language that's very outdated, not family-friendly. Two Mm. of the big offenders that I can't stand are the words custody and visitation, Yeah, right? Those aren't very family-friendly. And so I encourage parents to, you know, talk about parenting time, Mm. parenting schedules, time with mom, time with dad, time with daddy, time with papa, time with mom, time with mama, right? Talking about staying connected to the idea of family. And really it's interesting. My friend, um, Kate Anthony, who is the host of the divorce survival guide podcast says, you know, the only time that we use custody in the English language or when we're talking about children and prisoners, (laughs) Oh, that's awful. Right. So I encourage parents to really shift out of that mindset and to be very thoughtful. And how do we talk about this change? How do we talk about, how do we talk about it in a way that, you know, helps kids feel reassured that the family is going to endure? Certainly mm-hmm. it's going to move forward in a different way, but that they will continue to share a life with each of their parents. You know, parents and children should never feel like visitors in yeah. each other's lives. Right. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and other things that we say, very subtle shifts, but they can be important ones. Instead of talking about our former partner as our ex, talking mm-hmm. about them as our co-parent, right? Because while yeah. you're no longer partners, you will always be parents. And yeah. so how do we underscore that while we may no longer be married, we will always be here for you. Hmm. I think what's so awesome about that and kind of the challenge in that for parents is you have to swallow your pride and swallow what maybe has happened within the marriage and recognize, okay, do I want to be the bigger person and really fight for my kids here? Because it might be hard to recognize like, oh, I share this child with this person that like, I don't agree with anymore, who really frustrates me and gets on my nerves, but recognizing like, okay, but that is their forever parent. And I need to use kind language when I'm speaking about that parent in front of those kids. Um, And so parents, this is a call to action to really humble yourselves and recognize that your kids didn't choose this. um, And they're mourning this process just as much as you are. And your brain is more fully developed than your kids, especially if they're kids under 18. I just interviewed someone yesterday who is an adult child of divorce. And there's a bunch of stuff that comes with that as well. But especially for kids that their brains aren't fully developed yet, they can't, they don't have the the wherewithal to really uh, do this on their own. And so parents need to step up and recognize that the way that you kind of pioneer this family is the way that they're going to learn how to grieve and mourn this process and find out what this change is going to look like. Right. Well, that is very true. That's very true. I think how parents manage this process greatly influence how kids are going to get through it. The thing I will say is that, you know, it's hard, right? It's hard to keep those feelings in check. It's, you know, divorce is leveling, like it changes life on every single level for parents Mm -hmm. and for kids. And so if you really want to do the very best job of showing up for your kids, it doesn't mean that you have to deny those feelings or tuck them away, find some support, find someone that you can, a trusted friend that you can talk to, who's going to like be objective and listen and not 
fueled fire, right? Mm-hmm. Create more drama um, or go find a divorce coach or a counselor, uh, find a support group, read a book, like do something that's going to help you process those mm-hmm. feelings so that you can separate your feelings from your children's needs. So mm. I, I don't want to leave parents with the idea that, well, you just have to suck it up and take the high yeah, road. You've got to find some way to deal with that stuff because you can't give your kids, right, what you don't have. And eventually you keep sitting on it, you know, it's going to come out one way or the other. Um, and so to do your very best, to really be there, to validate your kids, to support that relationship, you've got to make sure you're putting the oxygen mask on yourself. Hmm. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah. That was such a good way to balance out my words there. I love speaking with you, Christina. (laughs) If you guys, I mean, I'm sure people are enjoying this. If you guys continue to love Christina, don't forget to leave a review and write about how Christina's episode has impacted your perspective on your divorce. Um, Christina, what pillars do you think are needed for the kids to feel anchored in both places? So I think um, one of the most important ones is that we help kids feel a sense of belonging and connectedness Mm. in each home, right? And I really recommend that parents use a two-home concept. Now, sometimes that's a little challenging. And when I talk about a two-home concept, what I mean is that regardless of how time is spent between the households, kids feel a sense of connection with each Mm -hmm. parent in each home. Kids are reassured that they will continue to share a life with each parent in each home. So it's not about how the time is spent or dividing up the calendar. It's really about cultivating Mm -hmm. that sense of importance, of feeling value, of, um, you know, having the security that both parents are going to continue to be important features in your life. And I think that happens in a lot of ways. So when I talk about a two-home concept, you know, I'm encouraging parents to think about how will they make each house a home? Hmm. How will you continue to be a family in each place? And being a family doesn't mean just where you put your head on a pillow or that, you know, um, you have a lot of fun. You know, you're it's just like a fun packed time every time you're together. It's about doing things like, oh, maybe you have pancakes together every Saturday morning, right? Or maybe Mm -hmm. you have to take out the trash and you have chores and (laughs) where's your stuff? You have stuff that helps you feel comfortable and you play board games or you sit in your pajamas and you have movie night, right? Those are all the things that you typically do as a family. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just because, just because you've gone through the process of divorce and the family has changed, it doesn't mean that your children's needs have changed. Like all the things kids needed before divorce, Mm. they're going to continue to need after divorce. Absolutely, We're just providing them in a different way. So I think that sense of belonging and connectedness is really key. It's a key pillar. I think along with that comes predictability and consistency. Like do kids know what they can expect when they're with you and what life is going to look like? And those were those routines don't have to be exactly the same in each household. You know, kids can adjust. They can make the transition if they know what to expect. Right. That's the key. So, and also how parents, um, how parents manage the differences, right? Yeah. So if parents are very judgy and criticizing each other, um, 
you know, kids are going to have a harder time. Absolutely. That's good, Christina. I think one thing that popped out to me when you were talking was even the idea of like taking out the trash and having chores. I was talking to one mom the other day and she was saying how she just feels so bad for doing this to her kids. And so she doesn't Mm -hmm. want to add any more stress to them. And I was thinking to myself like, yes, but also kids are smart and I know my brother and I, like we knew that our parents felt bad and there were moments and I'm not proud of this where we became, (laughs) you know, manipulative and was like, can I have this toy? We're really sad about the divorce and there can be manipulation within there. And so I think, yeah, like even, even setting the routine of still saying, I'm still your mom. I'm still your dad. I still have the authority here. You you still listen to me. It's not like we're divorced now and now you you get a wish list and whatever you want. I'll just get it for you because I feel so bad for you. So do you have any advice in that area for parents of if they're just, they feel so guilty and they just want to give in to what their children want, but don't you think it's also still safe to still have responsibilities for your children and teaching them like maturity and discipline? Well, we're talking about the continuation of family, right? And so Mm -hmm. another part of being a family also involves having love and limits and guidelines and expectations. Those are important components of Mm -hmm. kids feeling secure and grounded in family too. So I encourage parents while it's super, super hard to not give into the guilt because that's what we're talking about, right? We, as parents, we feel so guilty. I mean, I don't care how old your kids are. One of the hardest jobs we have as parents is watching our kids hurt. Like it Mm. never, ever gets easier. I've got adultish children and I will tell you, There's still times when I worry. There's still times when I struggle. There's still times when that tendency, you know, rears its ugly head to want to jump in and fix things or try and make them better. But we're really not doing our kids any favors when we do that, because our job as parents is not to remove adversity from children's lives. Mm. It's to teach them how to deal with it. Yep. And so what message are you sending if you cave, right? If you don't have any expectations. So really, how can you balance the love and the limits? Mm -hmm. Understanding that any normal self-respecting kid is at one point or another going to push those limits to see what they can get away with, right? (laughs) That's your job. That's your job. Yeah. And so our job is to hold the line and it's a hard job, but, but that's what our kids need. Yeah. Guys, I don't know if you're with me here. I'm sure you are, but Christina is just like overflowing with wisdom and goodness and just the way <laughs> that seriously, like the way that you speak is so comforting. It's not like a you need to do this right now or else. It's a very much like, man, this is hard work. It is hard work to do this thing called parenting through divorce. Um, but well, parenting period. Parenting period. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, See, I'm not a parent yet. So I'll probably join you in the 10 years or so and be like, I'll call you up and say, Christina, yes, this is insane. I don't know what I'm doing. It's hard. You know, I kind of laugh when people say, oh gosh, that's, that's a lot of wisdom you're dishing, right? Well, it's hard one wisdom, right? (laughs) I had to learn just like everybody else, you know, parenting is kind of like on the job training. And just when you (laughs) think you have it figured out with one kid, Oh, then, you know, if you have another one, they may do it a whole different way. And that's the same with divorce, right? 
Cause you may have one kid that really sinks into the sadness and the upset. Mm-hmm. And you may have another one that just kind of shuts down and won't talk about it and says they're fine. Right. Yeah. So you have to take different approaches and you have to kind of think on your feet and it's just really, really hard. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, you're now parenting very differently than you ever have before because you don't have another set of hands. You don't have, always have a co-parent to, you know, say, oh, what do you, what do you think about Brittany? What's going on with her? You right. hope that you do, but you might not because in those early days, sharing information with each other, talking with each other mm-hmm. can be really hard. But I, I encourage parents, this is really critical. Like how you approach this change from the very beginning, the things that you do, can make a huge difference on where you end up and your kids end up down the road. So how can you go through this with integrity, right? And really honor one another as, you know, an active presence in your children's lives and figure out some way to support one another's relationship. You don't have to be best buddies, but honoring the fact that, you know, your, your children have two parents, Right. There's an mm-hmm. S on the end of that word for a reason, because both both of you are essential. You're essential yeah. and important figures in your children's lives. Absolutely. And I will say, parents, if you cannot afford a divorce coach right now, there is this amazing resource for you. And it's called Parenting Apart, How Separated <laughs> and Divorced Parents Can Raise Happy and Secure Kids by Christina. And so I want to know, Christina, truly, like, why did you decide to write your book? Um, well, I, I I didn't ever intend on being an author, if I'm being completely honest. Like, okay. it was never on my radar. But because of another project that I was involved in, um, a literary agent, you know, hit me up and said, hey, would you consider writing a book? And I was like, okay, sure. I will. Cause I'm a big believer in resources and yeah. good information. And here's what I know as a parent and a professional that when you're dealing with a really challenging circumstance, whether it's parenting or just a life challenge, sometimes looking for help can feel just as heavy, just mm-hmm. as overwhelming as yeah. the problem you're dealing with. Right? Like when you're thinking about having that first conversation with your kids, who has the time to read a book from cover to cover (laughs) and go, okay, I'm prepared for that conversation. Uh, Yeah, not realistic. Virtually nobody, right? Um, So the reason I wrote the book, I I really tried to think what's going to be the most useful and practical way to Mm -hmm. share information, knowing that parents are going through such a challenging time. And so what I did is I wrote short, concise chapters that are like a 10 to 15 minute read that cover a broad range of topics like how will divorce impact your kids depending on their age and developmental stage? You know, wow. what are what's the grief cycle like for you? What's it like for your kids? How do you think about parenting plans? What do you do if you have a high conflict co-parent? Yeah. What do you do if your kids are sad? How do you handle it if they're angry? You know, just all these, you know, general issues, right? even though it's a unique process for each individual family, I tried to think of core issues and transitions that parents might deal with along the way. And so one of the things I tell parents is like the first page you need to read of my book is a table of contents. Like, I just Mm -hmm. want you to go there 
look through it and just pick one chapter that's really speaking to you. Like whatever Mm -hmm. issue you're dealing with, find that one chapter and just read that chapter. That's it. Right. Because it will give you enough information that you can make better choices, that you can approach the issue differently, that you can gain a different perspective. And and that's what I think is really critical um, is that you you might not be able to change everything at once, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't change something, right? So just pick one place to start, start Mm -hmm. small and kind of baby step your way towards the future you envision for you and your kids. Yeah. I love that visual because it it can seem very daunting to be like, okay, I got to do this, 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 and this. And then you're dealing with like the court stuff. You're dealing with your own mental health and then all all these things. But I love the first action step of just, hey, I'm not asking you to read a bunch of books and figure out everything and be the perfect parent. But you can just read one chapter. Even these parents listening right now, you're listening to a podcast from a child's perspective with a divorce professional, you are already in the right mindset. You are knowing, man, I cannot do this alone and I need help. And so I love, Christina, that you've written this book in a way that it can be read in chunks, it can be read out of order, and it's not like this huge commitment to, okay, I'm going to read Christina's book and it's going to take <laughs> me all week. And then, you know, but rather just, okay, I am waiting in the pickup line to pick up my kids from school. I'm going to bring up this book and read it in the parking lot. Like how awesome is that? And so I think you were totally on the dot there with figuring out, man, what do these parents really have time for? And um, what do they need to hear? And what kind of chunks can they hear it in? And so again, you guys, this book is available on Amazon. Where else is it available, Christina? Probably any major retailer. I mean, it's been around for a while, so uh, you can find it just about anywhere. Beautiful. The last thing I want to cover with you, Christina, is the film that you've been working on. I know you've been traveling all over for it, a lot of press, a lot of fun. Tell us about the film's split. So, um, gosh, in 2013, um, I had the good fortune of meeting Ellen Bruno, who is the creative genius behind both of the documentaries. Ellen is a filmmaker. She's done a lot of human rights work. But when she split from her children's father, she started on a quest to find resources. Mm -hmm. And what she was interested in is finding something where kids could listen to other kids um, Mm. because it just seemed like, you know, um, and she comes from a divorced family as well. And the other Mm. thing that occurred to her is, you know, even though there's been a a lot of change, there really hasn't been that much change. Like we're still not having those helpful and healing conversations. Um, And so I connected with her in the early days of the first film split the early years and quickly signed on as a subject matter expert. And we just continue to work together. So the first film, Split the Early Years, um, is interviews with uh, 12 very brave and amazing kids between the ages of six and 12. And it's just kids on camera talking about what it feels like when parents part in it. Mm-hmm. It's a 30 minute film. Um, and it's it really gives you Um, a unique perspective, kind of a behind the scenes perspective about what kids are thinking and what they're feeling about divorce. And you're hearing it straight from them, right? Yeah, absolutely. So split up the teen years, 
is a continuation of those stories. So 10 years later, Ellen circled back and she re-interviewed 11 of the 12 kids from the first film as young adults and teens to find out how had divorce, you know, impacted their lives. And so they're reflecting back and sharing their stories about the different ways, you know, that divorce is carried through, how it's become a part of their lives. Um, And it is a completely fascinating film. Now, the one thing that I do want to say is that before a parent shows these films to their children, they -hmm. need to watch them first themselves. Because some of what these kids say can be really hard hitting. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you want to be able to have your own experience, not in front of your kids to kind of process and digest um, the films before you share them with your kids. And if people are interested, they can go to splitfilm.org and they can see both the trailers. They can find out all kinds of information about the films. Um, we've got tips for parents and tips for professionals. Yeah. And um, actually, if you use the streaming platform Show and Tell to watch the films, we're so committed to people having good information that I introduce each film. And then after you screen the film, then I come back on and I offer parents tips on how and when you might share this with your kids and how to go through this. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. I love how you guys have set up this film. Not only is it just like, okay, here's this video, but now I I went on the website and I was amazed at how many ways you can stream it and how you can have your own little streaming party with people. And so if you're a divorce professional and you want to really serve your clients, this is one of the best way to do it is show this film and show that a children matter to you because of course, and B um showing them that you found this really awesome resource I mean what better way to show the kids perspective than to interview the kids themselves and it's so neat that uh your friend has taken these kids at two separate moments in time like what a it's such a perfect piece of history because then you can see how the ways like the kids have processed things and I mean it is just it's a genius and I'm glad to know that it exists and I will keep vouching for this film because it's it's very, very cool. I love what you said too, Christina, about parents li- listening to it first. That's yes. really, really smart. Um, yeah, because you don't want to be processing that with your kids. And then, you know, that's not healthy. Don't be sharing all that stuff with your kids because you don't want to parentify them and make them right. feel well, more pain. <laughs> the other piece is that let's just say I'm watching it and I pop it in and I'm streaming it with my kids and something really hits me in a very powerful way. And mm-hmm. I get really upset. Or I get really sad. Well, mm-hmm. kids will naturally, you know, just move into caretaking role. They'll see that this film has upset their parents and what's the subtle message we're sending kids. Ooh, this is not okay to talk about. We're not going to talk about this again. You know, I don't want to make my mom or dad upset. And so that's why parents need to have time so that they can responsibly manage their own emotions. Plus, it will give them an opportunity. Not every resource is a fit for every family and timing is really important. So unless you take the time to see this film, you're not going to know whether it's a fit for your kids. It may not be where they are right now. It might need to wait. Um, or you may need really time to kind of process it. But um, 
you know, those are the most important aspects of watching it first. You have an idea where your kids might relate, how you might want to process with them. Um, we also on the website have a film discussion guide that Ellen and I co-wrote together for split the early years. And it's the companion guide and it's broken down into chapters. And so we have question prompts. So if parents don't know what kind of questions to ask, we've already crafted some for you. Um, and each chapter has tips and information to kind of guide you along the way. And it's just a beautifully illustrated. Um, we had uh, Roma who did all the artwork for both films as a young child and as a young adult. Um, and she did a fantastic job. So uh, all the, so cool. the films look really beautiful, the graphics yeah. and the designs and the animation. And yeah. so does the film discussion guide. Oh, it's so wonderfully done. Well, Christina, thank you so much for giving us a moment of your week and letting us just kind of pick your brain at the ideas of how to really parent well through divorce. If people are interested in getting more information or finding out a little bit more about how I support parents going through this process, you can find me at divorceandandchildren.com. There's a lot of information on my website. I also have um, an, an opt-in. If people are interested in getting access to good resources, I offer a free, I think it's like a 15 or 20 page guide, resource guide that has suggested books for kids, suggested books for parents, um, addresses different specialized topics, highlighted podcasts. So it will help you um, kind of get started on that journey to accessing support. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christina. And you guys don't forget to subscribe and follow this podcast. Leave a review if you enjoyed and Follow me on Instagram at Divorce Tips from Kids. I will also tag Christina's account when I post this episode. So you can go ahead and follow her on Instagram as well and all of her socials to get continual uh, weekly reminders of just what she thinks is best for your situation. So thank you so much, Christina, again, for your uh -huh. time. This was a wonderful treat for me. Oh, well, it was a pleasure, Grace. Thanks so much for the invitation. Absolutely. Okay, bye guys.